When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out in Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. B&E on this Wednesday, over the hump Wednesday. Where's our uh, Steve Harvey, I have to apologize, soundbite? Because one of our texters, the story I was reading, the uh, Sweet 16 facts of the day, came from a website called Saturday Down South, and um, was trusting their data. I have to apologize. But uh, the facts checker on the text line pointed out that St. Peter's, the Peacocks, were a 15 seed just a year ago and made it to the lead eight. That is true. Princeton looking to become the second 15 seed to make it, but uh, you know, they said Princeton was going to be the first. That's not true. It is uh, St. Peter's. Just last year, they made it the to the Peacocks. Elite The Peacocks. Yeah, now Princeton, the Tigers, have a chance to get there as well. And let me correct the uh, Rick Barnes stat. Rick Barnes went to the Sweet 16 with Tennessee in 18 and 19, but uh, the fact on Rick Barnes is that the what he did to get to this point, to get to the Sweet 16 beating Duke with his Tennessee team last week, it's the first time since 08 and 15 years the Rick Barnes coach team has beaten a single-digit seed uh, because when they made the Sweet 16 in 18-19, they were beating mm-hmm. double-digit seeds to get there. It's the first time Rick Barnes, the Rick Barnes coach team beat a single-digit seed, and that was Duke, the five seed, and a team a lot of people liked to uh, maybe get to the Yeah, they were just the getting themselves four. together. Yeah, man. As a young team. Young team. I'll give you a little another little fact when you're looking at your brackets here, and I know this this could be for you, T.Y., and I – this is this is what we love, Ty, the professional gambler, because he gave you. Remember w- w- at the beginning, Ty, you said San Diego State mm-hmm. was a team you liked a lot, and then you ended up flipping it with Alabama. Here's a little fact on uh, on that San Diego State team. That's pretty impressive. They've got uh, they've got like they they have seven players who play 15 minutes or more, and seven of their nine players in the rotation are seniors. This is a very old veteran team. The Longhorns have that going for them. Yep. But they're going to play this Alabama team that's ultra-athletic. They play with huge tempo. Uh, but if they're not shooting well, and Ty has pointed out, sometimes they decide not to play defense on a given night because they like to focus on the offensive end and pushing the basketball. Watch for that San Diego State team with a week to prepare and all those seniors, you know, seven, and you know they get 15-plus. they got a lot, really deep team. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of team that could upset uh, Alabama, the number two, one overall seed. Two completely opposite teams. I mean, San Diego State. Watching them on offense sometimes is tough. You know they like to to pitch it down low a lot, work through their big guys. But uh, Alabama, work the clock. Yeah, that's I can see that upset happening. I think I might have had it in one of my brackets. That's completely busted at this point. But my one that's alive that has Texas winning the whole thing. I do have Alabama advancing. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. It's a, it's a it's a matchup of tempos. There's no doubt about that. 
because, gosh, Alabama is the highest tempo team left. I mean, they're they like to go, 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 and it's pretty rare among Sweet 16 teams to have a team that that, that plays this fast. And because they shoot quick, right? They'll shoot 35 threes a game. Alabama will. Plus, they have Brandon Miller, the the Player of the Year candidate. But you know, San Diego State. Not only do they have all the veteran players, they've got a coach named Brian Ducher who was Steve Fisher's right hand guy. And when Steve Fisher stepped aside, he just took over. And so a lot of continuity within that San Diego State program. And uh, that'll be a fun game, too. So we're starting to look forward to the Sweet 16. Uh, we're also giving props to the North Texas Mean Green last night who beat Oklahoma State in the NIT quarterfinals. They're off to the semifinal round of the National Invitational Tournament. That's a pretty cool story this morning as we get you rolling here. So we'll have some more uh, facts of the day as uh, the Longhorns get ready to play Friday yeah, night. Yeah, I got a feeling that the North Carolina not going, and they wouldn't put up a banner anywhere. They're not going to put up an NIT banner in their gym. Did we, did we bring that banner over from the Irwin Center? We leave that one behind. It's still there. I, it's, yeah. Well, I haven't looked for it in the new mood. I was just thinking about it. I was, next time I go, I'll have We're good to. Look at Concourse number three and see if it's hanging in there somewhere. I'm trying to think the National next time I'll Champions. be in the mood. Is there a big concert coming up that I'm going to go to? I know we announced last week Chris Stapleton's coming. That's not until October. I don't know. Because, you know, the, the basketball's oh, done Oh, you'll there. probably be in there for Madonna. No. Nah. Probably really? not. The Material Girl, not Material, you want to go see the Material hey, when, Girl? When we're playing in the National Championship, there'll be a watch party there. Go check it out. Then. Good call. Oh, very nice call. That's an optimistic T.Y. right there. I there like you it. Go. I like it. Well, I mean, no, I won't be at the Madonna show. As a, as a as a child of the '80s, kind of came of age in the '80s, I was never a big Madonna fan. And I I liked that she was a rebel. You know, she'd put it out there. She was like a virgin and all this stuff, but never a big fan. So I will not be at the yeah, Madonna. Yeah, there's some concert. stations you can listen to her like 55 times a day around here. She gets her music. Her 80s. Oh man, she's got some on all day long. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm not doubting the talent and the impact she had on uh, on music, but uh, she, I was personally, I was just never a huge fan of Madonna. I was not either. So I will not be there. By the way, you know who I am a fan of? Taylor Swift, your girl. Taylor's on tour right now. Well, I'm gonna let you hear coming up. Did you hear? Because J.J. Watt, the Houston Texans defensive end or former Texans and Arizona Cardinal Hall of Famer. Apparently, he went with his wife and some girlfriends, her girlfriends, to the Taylor Swift show in Houston, or wherever it was, wherever the concert was. And he had a, an opinion about Taylor Swift that I think you're going to like to hear. We'll have that for you coming up. J.J. Watt was in attendance, and he is now a Swifty. He didn't go. He didn't know a lot about her going to the show, but he does now. His wife loves her, and he's a fan of uh, T-Swizzle. Maybe he'll get his personal letter sent and, to him. And it's pretty interesting, and uh, we'll get into that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Also, the... Um, uh, Coach's Corner will feature Steve Sarkeesian. Longhorns went through their fourth workout of the spring. With that in mind, let's get to the headlines and the trending topics to start your Wednesday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you. We'll start with the baseball. And, yeah, what a scene in Miami last night. Anything every baseball fan could have asked for. It's the championship game with the World Baseball Classic. Went back and forth. And in the ninth inning, it was Japan 3, USA 2. Three outs to go in uh, Japan. Twice the winners of the World Baseball Classic summoned Shohei Otani, the world's best player, out of the bullpen. He's never been a reliever. Brought him in to get the final three outs. Leadoff walk was auspicious for Team USA, but Mookie Betts then grounded into a five, uh, four, six, three double play. Uh, the twin killing, the pitcher's best friend. That brought USA team captain and Shohei Otani's teammate with the Angels, Mike Trout, to the plate with two outs and what an at-bat. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out! 
Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world. There it was. He threw him a slider on 3-2, not the heat, and uh, Trout swung and missed. And that was the ball game. Japan now the three-time World Baseball Cl- Classic champions. USA not able to go back-to-back. Texas baseball got out the big bats last night, rolled to a 17-11 win at UFCU Dishfall Field. They extend their winning streak to 11 in a row, pounded out a season high 17 hits. That was led by catcher Garrett Gamet. He had a two-homer, five-RBI night. Jack O'Dowd not shabby either, four for five, including a home run and a double. Helped the Longhorns to 15-7 and seven overall now. They'll prepare to open up their Big 12 Conference slate this weekend, welcoming Texas Tech to the dish. Texas Tech's already open conference play. They took two out of three from Oklahoma State this past weekend in Lubbock. Uh, after taking the week off for spring break, Texas football back on the practice field yesterday. Workout number four of their spring work. Among the highlights, the return of several offensive players who missed that first week of work because of either injury or precaution. Redshirt freshman quarterback Malik Murphy back on the practice field, took second team reps behind Quinn Ewers and head of Arch Manning. Running back Jonathan Brooks also back at full speed, running with the one offense. At running back, he had that offseason hernia operation, and wide receiver Isaiah Nayer was running routes with a knee brace on. Of course, hurt himself, hurt that knee back in August. As for Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach, pleased with the way this team handled the spring off, the spring break off and getting back to work. How was uh, the break? Was everyone as mature as you were hoping for over the time off? Yeah, you guys didn't write anything, so um, no, it, it, it went well. I'm proud of our guys. Hey, they're they're in college and they, they need to enjoy spring break. You know, we, we, this is being a you know Division One football player, Power Five football player at the University of Texas. Uh, we ask a lot of them. We ask a lot of them as, as athletes. We ask a lot of them as students. Um, and so w- when they have opportunities to to enjoy being in college. Hey, I welcome that. It's but making good choices and decisions, and, and I think our guys did a really nice job of that last week. Best golfers in the world are in Austin this week. Nine of the top ten players in the world and world rankings, including the world number one Scotty Scheffler, seen off this morning. It's the first day of group play at the Dell Technologies match play at ACC. Scheffler, not only the world's number one, but he also is the defending champion here in Austin and is fresh off that dominating win at the Players' Championship just ten days ago. He'll tee off at 250 today. He's going to face 54th-ranked Davis Riley, Tom Kim, and Alex Noren. Also go head-to-head in Group 1 today. Fellow Longhorn Jordan Spieth facing Mackenzie Hughes on Day 1. They'll tee off at 1216 this afternoon at Austin Country Club. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. This says, guys, Madonna went to my high school. Nice. Really? Is that Detroit? Is that where Madonna's from? Detroit, I think. If my historic oh. brain works properly, I think Detroit. Um, but I'll, I'll check that on Madonna. This says Madonna tickets start at two hundred and forty. Yes. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. Well, when you hear JJ Watt coming up, it sounds like that this uh, this well, Taylor Swift concert. They're not cheap, but she puts on a show. Yeah, and those Madonna worth, tickets, he will be going down. As we're, you get closer to football season, <laughs> when is, is Taylor that? Swift really singing though? Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm going to let JJ Watt speak for Taylor Swift concert because he saw it. He was there in person. I'd also say this about Madonna. She's nearly unrecognizable these days. With no, all the, dude, the I would be looking under had. my bed for her at night. Like, hey, somebody check under the bed. Is Madonna maybe underneath there? Or it's somewhere. like Chucky. Jeez. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, Madonna. Get out from underneath the bed. She's like the Crypt Keeper now? What are you Woof. talking about? Yeah, I remember she showed up at the Grammys, and she was pretty much unrecognizable. I think a lot of people in the audience were like, who's that? She's had some work. Let's just the say. The material girl. She is the material girl. Absolutely. Uh, Rochester Hills, Michigan, home of the Highlanders is where she went to. So outside Detroit. Outside Detroit. 
for Madonna. Hey, can we get to the uh, coach's corner every morning here, just before or after 7.15? It's brought to you by Tom McKay and the crew at Audio Visual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. And she also went to the University of Michigan, Madonna. I didn't know that. She's a Wolverine. Wolverines. That's pretty interesting. She's looking like now. Hey, <laughs> golly. Uh, sensitivity training for Mr. Sorry Dad about Ball. that. Let's get him uh, enrolled for the class at uh, 2 o'clock today. Thank you yes, very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'll spend a week there. All right. Let's talk some uh, Texas football. Steve Sarkeesian. Um, meeting the media yesterday. This will be his only availability because they have a busy week. We mentioned they're going to practice Thursday, then it's the coaches' clinic weekend, uh, big recruiting weekend on Saturday with the barbecue. So this will be the uh, the only uh, time we'll hear from Sark this week. Uh, and, you know, there's some interesting observations. We mentioned the guys that were back. I know you were happy to see Jonathan Brooks. Yes. Back out there lugging it and uh, looking looking sharp, uh, doing his thing. The uh, The – you know, the return of Jonathan Brooks. Can we hear Sark talking about that, that Jonathan Brooks is back? He was the, the lead running back, really, as far as production goes in that Alamo Bowl loss to Washington. But here's Sark talking about having the uh, the back from Hallettsville back. I thought Jonathan looked good today. Uh, you know, first day back. Um, obviously, you know, coming off the surgery in the offseason, um, he looked strong. Um, you can see it feel like his body's changing. Um, definitely a confident player. He's going into year three. Um, and that, that again, that, that's a positive thing. That that room has got great competition as well. You know, we don't have Keelan out there yet, um, but to have Keelan and Jonathan and Blue and Cedric Baxter, Savion Red, I mean, that that, that room's going to be solid. And we know there's going to be, you know, a new face or two or whatever it looks like compared to what it looked like a year ago. So to have Jonathan back is is a real positive for us. No doubt. Who's Blue? Jaden Blue. Oh, Jaden Blue, who is. Uh... In the mix there in that running back room, C.J. Baxter as well, uh, the freshman from Florida. Uh, a lot of depth there. And it's interesting when you hear Sark, it's amazing. We talked about this being the most competitive year and training camp they've had in a long time or spring practice workouts. And let's hear Sark on a couple of, couple of positions on defense. Think about this. Talk about the DBs. I mean, we have not been to a point. At, remember, there were, when Steve Sarkeesian first got here, his first spring, they couldn't even have a game because they didn't have enough scholarship players. They only had seven offensive linemen under scholarship, uh, and that was kind of the case at a lot of spots. Is yeah, the year Tom Herman just made those guys work like dogs. They had to go both ways. <laughs> yeah. Switching, changing jerseys. Changing jerseys. Come on, man. You well, got them tough. Well, obviously, in uh, in going into his third offseason now, Sark has, and the staff have done, done a really nice job of, of restocking the, 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 the roster. With a lot of good players. I mean, this is what we talk about. It's the no excuses year. There's a lot of good players everywhere. Here's Sark talking about the DBs, where DB was a very thin position not long ago. And uh, this year, it's a strength. They've actually brought in guys like Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest, a two-year starter in the ACC, and Jalen Catalan. Here's Sark on what's going on in the defensive backfield. You know, it's a great competition. It's a great competition, right? we got a lot of good players, a lot of good-looking athletes. Um, obviously, Ryan Watts with the you know kind of success he had last year. Um, you know, Gavin Holmes, experienced player. Terrence Brooks, what he did at the second half of last season. Um, I love kind of the, the development of Xavion Bryce. Um, you know, Malik Muhammad has stepped in and, and is a very competitive young man. Love what he brings. And then it gives us versatility, right, with a Jade Barron or a, a Austin Jordan, guys of that nature, where we can move them around, maybe play them at nickel some. So all in all, we're just trying to create depth, and I think we're finally at a spot now. Um, somebody mentioned to me coming off the field, it's, it feels good to have depth. 
even in spring practice. And so that, that both those two positions, I think you kind of touched on, man, we've got, we've got much better depth than I think we've had in, in the previous two years. You also talked about linebacker depth and two players you didn't mention in that defensive backfield, uh, Jalen Catalan, the Arkansas transfer, who's uh, Sark revealed has had a little minor operation to clean out his shoulder, but he's going to be good to go when they need him come the fall. And then uh, Jalen Gilbo, who's a freshman mm-hmm. who's not participating. He was such Michael a good Taff. Michael Taff is in that. I mean, they're really deep back there, uh, which is, again, depth is a new word for this program, and that's what leads to competition, which leads to, um, you know, can, can we hear the Malik Murphy cut? Because here's an interesting thing about Malik Murphy. He's back on the field. This is They want competition at quarterback, right? Quinn Ewers is your quarterback, most likely, but, uh, you know, Sark wants Malik and, and Arch Manning to put pressure on, on Quinn every single day. Here's uh, Sark on having the, uh, the big right-hander out of California back on the practice field. I, I think... Uh, you know, I'll talk about Malik here real, real quick first. It was great to have Malik back out there. You know, again, um, he had a minor setback at the end of winter conditioning. Um, we were probably uh, a little bit conservative with him that first week, thinking, okay, um, if we back off him the first week of spring ball and give him spring break, then he can get back and, and be going back again here in the second week of spring ball. So that was positive to have him back out there. I think I think one key, you know, and I know we like talking about the quarterback position, open competition is really healthy for everybody, right? Everybody should feel like, man, if I can pu- push myself to perform at a higher level and ultimately push the guys around me, whether the guys in front of me on the depth chart or behind me, that everybody's play should step up. And it's easy to point to the quarterback competition. Every position's an open competition. I can't tell a guy right now, hey, at whatever position is, he's the starter regardless. Everybody should be striving to be the best that they can be. We've got a long way till we play, right, in, in September. So ultimately, yeah, can Malik push Quinn? Of course he can. You know, how far can he take it? Quinn's job is to keep raising his level of play so he can't catch him, right? And that should be at every position across the board. Right yeah, I feel horrible. I told those guys that about Ricky Williams when he first came. That you guys it raised he, their level, though. Did it? Well, I, they I, had to. I don't know if it really did. They just said, "Hey, coach said that that dude's really good. He's way better than you." Well, I just you know, said, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta, gotta try harder." Well, you have been called the dream crusher before. Yeah, so. I did crush their dreams. Crush I, I their really, dreams. really did. There's nothing like walking in and telling a bunch of guys who've played football that a kid in high school is going to be the starter because he's much better than you guys. You guys need to work harder. And they're like, Would you like walk through the weight room saying, hey, keep lifting, fella? Yeah, yeah. I just said, I just said, hey, you guys need to work harder. Keep lifting. They're like, no, he's not. He's not better than we are. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's better than you guys are. Sorry. Well, then why'd you get him only 990 yards? Come hey, on, that's man. that's not on me. What was, what's that all Come about? Come on, man. Dream crusher. Okay. B-A&M. We beat the Aggies. Real quick, how about uh, Sark on the early standouts? And it, it's early, four workouts total, plus uh, the film room work and the behind-the-scenes stuff. But early standouts for Sark as we're um, you know, about, about a third of the way through the spring. Um, well, I think well, Ethan Burke has done a nice job. Um, I think that, that we've seen you know flashes out of him. I think we've seen flashes out of um, uh, Jamon Tapp. Uh, I think there's some position flexibility in Jure Bledsoe. Uh, I like the prospect of, of Colton Vosick. Um, I, I hate it if I'm leaving somebody out, but 
again, we got a long way to go at that spot. You know, I think Sorrell clearly, with the experience that he's had, that he's played with, um, feel strongly about that. And if we can create more activity out of him, I think he had five and a half sacks last year. Can, if, if he is that front-line guy for us, can we get that number you know, up closer to 10? What would that look like for us as a defense? So, um, but in the end, we're always trying to find complementary players and, and how do we generate that pass rush that we, that we so want, right? Um, I think we're one of the top teams in the country at pressuring the quarterback a year ago. We didn't always get the sack numbers, but we got pressure on the quarterback. But ideally, we'd like to get the sack number up because that means we're creating negative plays and it probably means we're getting off the field on third down, which is a huge point of emphasis for us this spring and then going into the fall. Right, what do you think Gary Patterson left behind for these guys in a time like spring ball, E? What do you mean left After behind? having him around. Well, I mean, you know, a year of wisdom, a year of knowledge, uh, understanding, and uh, obviously Gary's moving on. But, um, you know, that was actually a cut about which edge rushers. Of course, edge rusher is mm-hmm. a huge factor. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a year of teaching and a year of coaching, and uh, Pete Kwiatkowski still, still uh, you know, running the defense. But let me ask uh, Mr. T.Y. through there, because Ethan Burke is an interesting name. That's the first name he mentioned. And remember, of course, Colton Vosick flipping from Oklahoma is huge, not just for the now, but for the future, because he can be that that edge rusher that they're looking for, that finisher off the edge. But Ethan Burke is a year ahead of, of Colton as far as being in the program. You went to Westlake. You know, this kid was like a lacrosse star, right? And um, football kind of he came late to football. But, man, what a what a, just a raw prospect with the athleticism from the lacrosse field. But he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, long arms. And whenever you saw Ethan last year, he flashed as a guy who could, could harass quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, a three-star recruit out of Westlake. Uh, last year, I mean, I, I, th- we, I feel like we saw him a lot in kind of that spy position, you know, not even playing defensive line, but they thought thought of him as, you know, such an athlete that they could, uh, against running quarterbacks, so they saw it against Kansas State, against Adrian Martinez. Um, wait, yeah, I think Adrian Martinez played it. But, yeah, we saw it throughout the year, uh, you know, just a lot of room to grow, and if he can get his body under control, you know, his bend ability all coming off the edge, I, I think will be – uh, amazing moving forward. But they liked him the way he took up space, I mean, in those throwing lanes. I mean, he's oh, yeah, that long too. arms. I didn't even yeah. think about yeah, that. Yeah, man, that long, both of That's those guys. That's a pain when you can bat balls well, down and do all that kind of crap. Well, when he was a senior and Colton was a junior, that team won the state, and uh, the edge, those two coming off the edges was impossible for any high school team in the state. And so. I feel like Colton's even more refined coming out of high mm-hmm. school. I think yeah. he's, he'll be ready to get some snaps this year as well. Well, and remember, Sark and this staff, they flipped Colton Vosick from Oklahoma because they didn't give up. You talk about sleeping in backyards and shooting oops. Oh, yeah, hoops. that's right. They never stopped. And then Ethan Burke had been a Michigan commitment, and uh, last day, day of signing day, he ends up coming to Texas. So those are two to watch. Jamon Tapp is a name you keep hearing. Uh, Justice Finkley, who is going to be that edge finisher for the Longhorns. We'll keep an eye on that. Four practices in. They'll practice again Thursday. And then Saturday is the big one with the Coaches Clinic in town. And Kyle Shanahan will be here. Big recruiting weekend for the Longhorns. There's your Coach's Corner, brought to you by Audiovisual Consultation, the Longhorn Football. We'll hear from J.J. Watt coming up on the Taylor Swift concert. He has a review. We've also got more baseball from the World Baseball Classic and the Longhorns. We're loaded on a Wednesday. Glad you're with us. Chad and Zay on the horn. That's that Arkansas stuff. You can't be a Texas head coach and take your shirt off and throw it around your head like a helicopter, P.D. Pablo style. You can't be doing all that. That's in Arkansas. Beautiful, fun, love it. Yo, there's pictures of her like writing on his chest back then in like Nevada days when his shirt was off. Larry is... Musselman, Steve Sarkeesian, I take a bow to both of you fellas. That's... Y'all, you guys are changing the world, not just the game in the world. Weekdays 12 to 3 on the horn.
and Aaron. We will hit the hot or not topics for the top of the hour. Weather a little better today, a little bit. Yesterday was that just persistent drizzle mist thing that led to... Still kind of moist outside. Very moist. All kinds of calamities on the highways and byways. And uh, a little better today, but uh, just overcast. Muggy is going to be the name of the game. They'll tee it off over at Dell match play today. Uh, first round action. First first match action, I should say. I shouldn't say round, but cut, uh, group play is underway. Three days of head-to-head match play to get out of your of the 16 groups and get into the knockout round this weekend. So I got some picks for you. You got, round one matchups. Ooh, we'll do those coming up in the hotter. Right, there you go. You got some like gambling picks. Oh yeah. Ooh. They get big numbers. You can make big. Make, oh, make some money on. Well, on I golf, believe right? the number is on a global level that uh, golf is the second most gambled upon sport, right after football. And great odds, correct, Ty? Oh yeah. I mean, all close to even or better. Ooh. I know a fella who gambles on tennis. Yeah, like I early know some people match. that are really good at that. Really? Oh, yeah. Like the early round matches at the tennis tournaments? Live betting it. You can snipe. Is it Chad? You go deep on that. Is it Chad no. with his tennis sweater? No. I don't think. Has Chad ever made a wager? Chad Hastings from the mid? I don't think he's ever made a bet. Like a real one. Like a real, like make a bet. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> like through Joe Potak or like through a real legal Who's Joe game? Joe Potak. Yeah, your just bookie? Some bookie. That's some your like cousin? That. <laughs> just a cousin. He's gone through some legal means. He's never he's Joe never thrown down some Potak. juice. <laughs> Has he ever thrown down any juice? Yeah, man. You gotta uh gotta lay it to play it, if you know what I'm saying. You gotta do that. If Scared gonna... money don't make money. That's there you exactly go. right. Ty knows all those terms. He said, uh it says, E, do you ne- you never saw Madonna the Madonna movie back in the eighties? Who's that girl? Classic. I didn't. I didn't see who's that girl in the eighties. I remember when Madonna, because she was the rage of the 80s, remember she did the, the pictorial, the nude pictorial, but then it turns out she had hairy armpits, and you're like, ooh, yo, oh, yeah, natural. That wasn't, that wasn't all that cool then, huh? No, I was... Only in the 70s I didn't, was that cool. It was kind of like, I did not like Madonna, but Madonna was a phenomenon, and I wasn't into the phenomenon. All the girls had the frizzy up hair, all the, what do they call that, teased up hair, and they were all doing the Madonna thing, wearing the black, and uh, no, no, that was not my deal, you know. Yeah, and plus I have. I was a rock and roll kid of the '80s. Come on I have, now. I have, I have personal contacts with Taylor Swift, so. Well, so Taylor Swift is uh, the, you know, our generation's Madonna, I guess, right? She is the biggest thing on the planet. She's on tour now, that started this past weekend in Phoenix, and to bring it back to sports, J.J. Watt, the uh, walk-in Hall of Famer, uh, Houston Texans, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, here's his story. He went to see the T. Swizzle show, the first one in Arizona, out in Phoenix, right? That was the first show. And what we do know about the, the show is that it is a massive production. If you've seen oh. the early things, they have like a what is it, like an IMAX screen behind the stage, and the stage is so big that it spreads out throughout the crowd, this traveling stage that they have, that uh, Taylor Swift has something called, they call it like the, the something rocket. Like she can get, there, there's tunnels under the stage where she gets on this thing and she lays down on it and it shoots her to other parts of the stage and she can just pop up. And because it's so large, it would take her forever to walk to the other parts of the stage. So it's this huge production value. There's like water element to it where she dives into a pool at one point during this show. Here's J.J. Watt, though, uh, his review of the uh, the T-Swizzle moment that he was taken to by his wife on Saturday night. All right, so I went to the Taylor Swift concert last night with my wife and her friends. Uh, I've got a few observations from the show. First off, unbelievable. 
the production, the set design, the video boards, the sound quality, the speakers. Just you can you can tell when somebody does something at the top of their game and is trying to do the right way for their fans. Um, and this this is done the right way for the people paying money to come and see her. Um, just unbelievable production. It was 44 songs. 44? Three hours and 15 minutes long. And she did not stop the whole time. There was no intermission. There was no halftime. There was no TV timeouts. She, the longest break she took was maybe three minutes for a costume change. And she was singing, dancing, entertaining the entire time. 70,000 people hanging on every single word and move she was making for three hours and 15 minutes. And she crushed it. And she didn't even look tired. I was tired and I was just sitting there. Uh, I mean, and then you've got the fans. I mean, the fans are unbelievable, my wife included. I mean, did not stop jumping up and down, screaming, singing, dancing for three hours and 15 minutes straight, knew every single word. Um, I mean, it was a spectacle to behold. It really was. And All right, there's J.J. Watt, a spectacle to behold. My God, who 44 remember? songs. I've been to a lot of concerts. Yeah, I've never 44. seen a band go 44 songs Yeah, or a performer. Lots that's, of energy. That's, uh, he went on to say that, man, if, if she can keep that up for this whole tour, night after night. And I it's mean, a long tour, too. It's, it is a long tour. Uh, he was, as a, as a high-level athlete who's going to go straight to the Hall of Fame, one of the best he's ever done what he does, yeah, he very impressed with her endurance and uh, performance. So that's pretty cool. Can't believe this dude remembers Joe. When I said Joe Potak, remembers Joe Potak is the guy who used to beat my ass in elementary school. Used to meet, get me in the pit. You know, would say something, we'd get into it, and he said, "I'll see you in the pit at lunchtime." And he was a monster of a kid. He used to he hit me one time in the side of the head, and dude, I couldn't hear for like three weeks. That's when the nuns would bring us out of there and called him an animal. He just beat up. He'd beat up on the skin. That was your childhood, childhood bully, huh? Yeah, it was a childhood bully. I didn't get bullied around too much, but that dude was a monster. <laughs> of a, he was like a man in like sixth grade, like a grown man. <laughs> he had like a beard and stuff. Oh god! Well, that's that's why. And that's where you used to fight at. You'd go to the pit. The pit. All the kids oh, would yeah. stand up top. You go down like three flights of stairs, and you'd be in the pit. Oh, uh, we had like the Coliseum. We had fight was, club oh. in the behind the middle school after school each day. Did you really every day for like two months until it got shut until down? Until the cops came, and then we went to the bathrooms. <laughs> oh my god! It's <laughs> always set up fights, though friendly. They um. So only ones that make well, they, that dude cry were the nuns. They would say something to him. Dude would start crying. This was where that's why middle school is so difficult, right? Because you know, kids kids go through puberty and and grow at a different phase, and so you got these little oh, scrawny yeah. kids and these great big kids that are already. That's why, like like you know, middle school baseball and sports are like the dad already thinks his kids going to college, but then he stops growing at. 12. Oh, that's me. That was you. I was as big as I am now in <laughs> sixth grade. Well, no wonder you're doing the Fight Club. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And that that was when I first got to Bethlehem, PAE. That's when I be. That's when I went to Whiteville. And then in North from Carolina, Blackville. from Blackville in Greensboro, North Carolina, I was in Blackville, you know, in Catholic school, all black kids, all, all the only thing white there were the nuns and the priests. And dude, back in, Penn, back in North Carolina, it was, I used to be the guy who would try to take on the bully for the other kids walking home. 
And I had a guy pound me into the ground and tell me to stay down. And I kept oh, getting back up. You took tied. a beating? I took a beating for a kid. I just got sick of this guy just bullying this kid every day. And so I took it on. I took it on myself that I was going to be the sacrificial lamb because I was never going to win that fight. It was because the kid was like 15. I was like in fifth grade. He was already 15. And he pounded me, Ty, and told me to stay down. And every time he told me to stay down, guess what? I just got right back up. And I went right back down. Joe Potak. But Joe Potak was something else, man. He was like, a, I think he was like a truck driver. He drove trucks after middle school. Right? When he went home, he then got in a truck and drove trucks. Good, good living. Good living by Joe. It says, E is too busy watching Kids Incorporated and Debbie Gibson. <laughs> now, Debbie Gibson in the 80s, she was the mall lady. She was the mall singer. She would sing at the mall. And uh, No, but I was more, my bro, I have an older brother, and he was a rock and roll guitar player, so he had a band. And uh, so I, I, was, I was like Motley Crue. I was into that kind, and then whatever he was listening to. I, you know who I liked that he used to beat me up if I tried to listen to was Journey. I liked Journey because I used to go play the video game at the arcade, the Journey video game, and I liked Journey. But he would come in, it's too soft, turn it off. He I was into Iron, Iron Butterfly and Jimi Hendrix. Well, that was the 70s. It's good stuff yeah. right there. But, yeah, my brother would introduce me to a lot of good stuff, mostly like heavy metal rock. But I was, you know, first concert I ever went to was Brian Adams. Brian Adams, the really? Canadian. Yeah, man, the Summer of 69 tour. I saw that at Astroworld. Astroworld, they had the uh, the concert venue there. So I saw them. Wow. And, yeah, I was, but I was not Madonna. I was not one of these clamoring to see Madonna. Um, ACDC was big in the 80s for me. Uh, Motley Crue was kind of the, the rebel band. They were great. But uh, all right, so there's some music. There's some T-Swizzle. There's some J.J. Watt. We'll get back to the hot or not topics, including Ty's picks of the day on day one of the Dell match play. Also coming up, we just got a note after the top of the hour. We're going to check in uh, with someone who was behind home plate last night when Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout to clinch the World Baseball Classic for Japan. What a scene. What a moment. What a night for baseball. We'll get that coming up as well. It's being on the horn. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot or not on this uh, Wednesday, getting you up over the hump. It was a hot scene in Miami last night, World Baseball Classic to the final out. And what more could we have asked for? We kind of foreshadowed it yesterday. What if... Shohei Otani has to come in to pitch to Mike Trout. It happened. We got to see it, and we'll let you know the result at the top of the hour. Also check in with our buddy Gene Watson from the Kansas City Royals. He was in the building last night uh, behind home plate watching the events and the game and the scene, so we'll let you uh, get an eyewitness account. Also, uh, Gene's going to be in town this weekend for uh, the Longhorn Series. We'll talk to him about that coming up uh, just after 8 o'clock after our headlines this morning. Also, in Hot or Not Buck, I want to thank my buddy. You just heard his tip. My man Charlie Wilson out at Callahan's General Store uh, went with him to the rodeo last night and uh, had a good old time out at uh, the Expo Center. Ryan Bingham from Yellowstone fame was the performer. Very nice. I only made it through a little bit and I had to get out of there. It was too late. It's too late. But uh, uh, was a lot of fun. That's uh, that's some high level rodeoing right there, my friend. And uh, Callahan's has some good seats right there at the front. And I actually got I actually got I had a drink and they get dirt into my drink because it got kicked up on the barrel racing. What? Oh, yeah. All right, you, didn't have glass, you weren't in the suite? No, man. I could have reached out and grabbed that horse. But, uh, yeah, they were doing the barrel racing, and that girl turned and did that clover clover pattern, and that kicked, kicked up some dirt, dirt in right there. into the drink. Did you sell some dirt in your drink? Come on, there man. You now go. you're at the rodeo. 
Uh, so that was a good old time. But uh, thank you to Charlie and the team. That's still going on. Get out to the uh, to the to Rodeo Austin. They do a great job. So much fun and uh, just an intimate environment. And yeah, Ryan Bingham. I got him. To, I got to see him sing "Weary Kind," which is the great song from that movie mm-hmm. "Crazy Heart," which he won a Grammy for. I got to that point, and then I was like, "Time to go to bed." Time to go to bed. So thank you, Charlie. Appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. But uh, Buck, the um, hot or not topics today. Did you see this story that a mountain lion in Colorado snuck up on a man and his wife while they were in a hot tub and grabbed the man's head? Oh, dude. The couple scared off the mountain lion by splashing it with water and flashing a light at it and yelling before it uh, retreating inside. Did you say the lady flashed the mountain lion? Yeah, baby. Whoop, whoop. Come on now. How about if you're sitting in the hot tub, you're in the mountains, you're, you're living the dream here, and dang, mountain lion just coming to get you? Hey, Grab keep your head. head on a swivel at all times. <laughs> know your surroundings. You're in the mountains. How about a mountain lion? I wonder what was going on in that hot tub. They mm. got, got that mountain lion's attention. Hey, now. A little cat play in there. Yeah. Hey, it's a hot tub. <laughs> That's Long right. day of skiing or hiking Absolutely. or whatever you were doing. That was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah. So, did you know 13% of people in Hot or Not insist that peanut butter should be kept in the refrigerator? Where are you on that 13%? Uh, if I, I'm not a big peanut butter eater, but I do. I like to put stuff in the fridge. You know, we get... Uh, like ketchup and stuff. You put that in our, That goes in the fridge, right? Ketchup, yes. Okay. Mustard, yes. Mustard, yeah. Okay. Peanut butter? Stuff. Yeah. That goes in our pantry. And you know what we actually do? We actually leave a, a butter dish out. So it's kind of... Uh, but it's covered. But it's not, so it's not real hard butter when you go to butter bread or butter something else. Yeah, I'm a refrigerated butter guy. Well, we have we have like the packs of it in the fridge. Sure, but then we have a container that that you're going to use that we use, so you don't have to. So not so hard. Not the rock. key, yes. Yeah, yeah. But peanut butter, Ty, you put peanut butter in the. Uh... I've seen both, but if it's... I knew some people who put peanut butter in crazy places back in the day, but <laughs> you can't. You can't. Well, you got three. It, you got three dogs. I mean, you got a lot of socks and a none lot of peanut got, butter. None of that going on. <laughs> none of that going on. Come on now. Hey, by the Whoa. way, before Ty gives us his picks and hot or not, his picks of the Dell Matchway. Somebody see that picture right there? Someone sent you a picture. They Joe Potak. That's old Joe Potak right they, there. They, they sent you a picture from social media of Joseph Potak enjoying, enjoying retirement. retirement. Yeah. Does that look like him? That looks like Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Potak. Somebody He's, did the deep dive research. Of course they do. It says the cougar flashed the cougar <laughs> in the hot tub. Man. That is awesome. Uh, Ty, what do you have for us, my friend? So, I got I got three picks. Three picks. Today is group play. Day one, Dell match play. These are head-to-head matches. You can you can wager on them if you'd like. If you know Joe Potak or somebody of his ilk. What do you have, Ty? Uh, Scotty Scheffler. He's a heavy favorite over uh, Davis Riley. Yep. I uh, got him. Uh, th- these are all, I'm parlaying all these together, by the way. Ooh, Scared this is a three-leg parlay. Okay. Tommy Fleetwood. Over JT Poston. 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 Yeah, that's that's a scary one right there. Tom, oh, Tommy Fleetwood's been playing. He's yes, been he has good, been playing well. He's been in good form, is this? He has say. been in good form, yes. And he's always good early in the week. Um, and good then call. Kevin Kisner, uh, Ooh, underdog match. against Hideki Matsuyama. Ooh, Ooh, I like Matsuyama. That's too. a hell of a match right that there. Is. You want to know a really nice guy? If you ever go, I've been out to Dell Match Player where I actually stopped to talk to Matsuyama. I mean, he doesn't speak English very well, but he is the most delightful person to the be Matsuyama? around. Yeah, he really is a nice guy to be around. Well, this course is going to be a because it's so moist. Your favorite word? Yes. Been so wet. This course, and I was out there for our golf course of the month, Callahan's General Store. We were out there. The course is in phenomenal shape. Green and moist, huh? Yeah, their overseed came in perfectly, and so with the with these conditions and the wind, I think it's going to be down today. 
this is going to be an attack mode course. It is because the greens are going to be very receptive and spongy. They'll be able to attack this golf course today. So a lot of birdies will be made. So, Ty, you like uh, Kisner is a great match play player. Oh, yeah. Scheffler. Won twice, right? Scheffler and uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy I know Jesus. he's been in the finals a couple times, Kisner. He, he was last year. Pretty what, sure. What else do you have for us, T.Y.? Oh, that's it. That's it. Those Good three stuff. picks. Thank you. Three-leg parway. Or you could just you know bet them straight. And if that's you go two a and, smart move. If you go two and one, you still win. Not much value in Scheffler. He's like minus 235, but that's that's probably the lock there. He is the world number one. And he just won the players by like six strokes. you got to believe Fowler's got to be a long shot in here. Playing John Rom, The yeah. Rominator. That's yeah. today, yeah. All right, we're back. B&E with you. We'll talk to Gene Watson. His scene, he'll set the scene from last night. He was there behind home plate when Mike Trout was struck out by Shohei Otani. What a moment in baseball. Gene was live for it. We'll talk to him coming up. He's headed to Austin, though. He'll be here this weekend. We'll tell you why coming up on B&E.